You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip, where we are shooting the shit about every episode of the original show, the two movies, and of course, the revival. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am joined by Chris Lewis, as always. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm all right. You know, I've got a bit of a head cold, so if I sound more sultry, which I hope so, rather than nasally... Okay. Or hopefully I just sound the same and we didn't need to mention I'll that I'll let at you all. live that fantasy. I hope it's sultry and not nasally or the same. How are you? What's going on in your world? Oh, what is going on in my world? I'm constantly stalking my dog, making sure she's not taking any shits in the house. You know, my mom might possibly be moving into my building. That is a new development in life. Oh. So that's happening. <laughs> Yeah, she's selling her house and she's moving downtown. Uh, So she's been looking at apartments and she looked at my building and really likes it. So it's on her list in the top two. Talk about two's company over there. You know, your dad should move in too. I I understand how weird it sounds. But then I really thought about it and I was like, it would be so nice having her nearby. And like, if she ever needed me to, like, take her dog out, I could do it. Like, we both work from home now. Like, it would be nice to, like, have someone to kind of, like, pal around with during the day if I needed if I needed to hang out. That is nice. Yeah, it would be now, cute you and fun. mentioned that over – now, again, guys, I want everyone to know we're recording this in the past. It's coming to you in the future. So this is the week of thanks, <laughs> post-Thanksgiving. So, right. We're coming to you post And you're going to get this in three day. weeks. Maybe four. Yeah. It could be so 2022. It's Christmas. <laughs> it could be Christmas. I don't know. But you said that over Thanksgiving, you and your family talked about this podcast a lot. Anything you want we to share? I, you know, I would love to share this with the listeners because my dad is like a huge Sex and City fan, always has been. My mom, she likes to listen to my other podcast, Out of the Mess, but she doesn't really know what I'm ever talking about. But because she watched Sex and City, she kind of is like more well-versed and like the, so she likes to like listen. I love that. So she said that she caught up on the podcast and they are huge fans of Chris Lewis. Unlike the other listeners who hate me because <laughs> I mean to you. It's like two people. Do you know how many people a day drag me? I lo- I read my Hot Off the Mess podcast reviews and I was like, ooh, that's tough. Yeah, I don't what really read told, our reviews. So guys, failure. if you're going to say something rude, I know a lot of people would tell you not to say it in the reviews. But if you have anything mean to say, I think the Apple reviews are the right place to say it and oh. not my DMs. And, and the dick's oh, not going to like me saying that. But You know, that's okay. Or you could just only say nice things. Actually, you know what? You can read me for filth in my DMs if you want. In fact, actually, only review us if it's good. Yeah. I take that back. Only, only review us if it's good. Please just harass us in our DMs. It's totally fine. Or harass um, me in Sam's DMs. Like, you don't need to tell me you don't like me. Like, 
it's totally fine for you not to like me, but tell her. Yeah, tell me. And vice versa. Yeah, I'll probably be like, oh, I know. But they are huge fans of yours. They were like, like my dad was, because I brought up, I was like, you know, it's so weird. Like Chris got this DM and I was explaining it to them what happened. And he's like, you know what? Uh I like that about him. I like that he kind of just like puts you in your place and he doesn't just like let you go on tangents. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, finally, someone's controlling this animal. (laughs) (laughs) It's been hard enough. And then my mom, this was so sweet. She goes, he is so knowledgeable. She goes, I want to see his notes. I would love to see his notes. I was like, oh, they're. They're extensive. They're on there. They're, They're written down. Handwritten notes every week, plus the outline. Every single week. Yeah, you are. You're the most prepared person I know. Well, I think your parents are icons. I look forward to meeting them one day, and I hope they do adopt me. If they're looking for a soon-to-be 33-year-old gay man. I'm sure they'd be open. Happy to join them in a divorced thruple? Yeah. (laughs) I think we can really pal around. Yeah, that's another thing for the podcast listeners, if you guys don't know. My parents are divorced, but they're really, really good friends. So, like, we hang out all the time, and they hang out without me. It's like this very... I'd like to see us in a... What was that Meryl Streep movie? It's Complicated? It's. I'd like to see us in an It's Complicated situation, and I'm like a Steve Martin-esque, like, let's get high. (laughs) Okay. You know, they would be so down, especially because they would love someone around who like cusses me out if if need be yeah and i guess you're like the annoying steve steve krinsky what's his name emily blunt's husband uh john krasinski john krasinski not a fan yeah steve krasinski (sighs) i also had a whole conversation about the morning show recently with someone and was like adamant stephen colbert was on that show and then finally they were like what show are you watching i was like i do believe it might be steve carell yeah different steve white guy white steve dark hair talk show hosts I believe. Yeah. Do you like the morning show? I heard season one was fun. Season two is not. I hear season two is batshit insane. Like it's gone just like full scandal. Yeah. Um, which is it's actually more two, my speed of television. I like balls to the wall, Shonda storytelling, where just mm-hmm. a lot is happening. Yeah. So one day I'm going to sit and watch uh, season two of the morning show, but I'm fully in the headspace of succession right now. What? Oh, Although, God, no, I'm fully Chris. in the headspace of the end, just like that revival. Because we've seen it, <laughs> um, and it's great. Because <laughs> we love it. Can we... Okay, I know this isn't a Succession podcast, but I do. I If you watch Sex and City, you definitely watch Succession. I just think that there's, like, a good crossover there. I just want to ask you, how do you feel about what's going on? I got emotional. Did you watch last night's episode with Kendall's birthday party? Um, Kendall's birthday party. You know, ever since I clued into the fact that I'm a Tom, the whole show is really twisted on its axis for me. I'm now enjoying it more. I feel like I have a window into the show. So when Tom did his little freak out about not going to prison, I was thrilled, titillated, excited. Love that my man is not going to jail. Other than you saying that we are Molly and Issa... You being Tom is one of the most accurate. When he was like just complaining about how heard. he was going to have to drink prison wine, I was like, "Oh boy, this is me." <laughs> That's you. When they were getting the the talk about the toilet, I was dying laughing. I love. I'm. I really. I start. I thought the season started off slow, but now I'm really, really into the last like three. Yeah, yeah. Starting with when I Adrian Brody showed up in all his layers. Oh my god. 
I mean, to see Adrian Brody and Kendall Roy in the same scene, I mean, that's a thin white man dream. And, like, on a nice beach, like, eating, like, a delicious meal. Like, I was just like, mm, yummy. Mm. Mm. Now, to take yeah. this to Sex and the City just briefly, yeah. which, if well, you had to... Briefly? Br- no, 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 no. I mean, while still talking about succession. Oh, got it. Which of the four siblings do you think is Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Oh, and Carrie? No, I, I miss okay. Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, and Sharshar. And Sharshar. Oh, that was another thing my dad said. He goes, Chris loves his Sharshar. I do. I really <laughs> said do. That. Not in this episode, Sharshar. but we'll get there. I, yeah. This, yeah. Um, okay. Who do I think is each one? So um, let's start Kendall Roy. Oh. I don't think any of them are. Any of them. Kendall is a Samantha. He's breaking away from the family. You think? I think so. I think He's- Kendall is a Charlotte. No way. Connor is the yeah. Charlotte. Oh, I forgot about Connor. Love my Connor. Ferris Bueller's friend? No, I kind of thought Connor was... Is that him? Yeah. Whoa. He was also on the uh, Amy Sherman Palladino follow-up show Bunheads. Connor. Oh my god, my mind... I just got chills. Okay. I'm not, I don't have a name of his character in Ferris Bueller. Connor? Or Connor to me. Okay, name. here. This is going to be hot takes, Okay. Okay. Guys, this is now a succession podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, really Change quick. the theme music. Um, <laughs> okay, so I think Kendall is a Charlotte. I think Connor is a Samantha. I think Shiv is a Miranda. And I think Kendall or Roman is a Carrie. Wow. Okay, so I would say Kendall is Samantha. He's breaking away from the group. Okay. We agree Shiv is absolutely the Miranda. I mean, that honey, that honey blonde bob, that's, that was somewhere in the trajectory of Miranda's hair story. Mm -hmm. Roman is Carrie and Connor is Charlotte. Interesting. Interesting. Connor's, you know, he's keeping up with the Joneses, put together. Is he put together? Um, more I than the other three. Think, I just think Connor is so horny for his little oh, Connor Tatiana fucks. girl. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Connor fucks. And Kendall is a Charlotte to me because, like, he cares about family. He ultimately wants to do the right thing. He cares about the fa- Are you out of your he, mind? He does. Kendall He cares Roy, about them. That white man. He maniac. cares about them. He is so sad that this is happening. He he started and, okay, it. Okay, really quick. Yeah, but he's trying to do the right thing. We really thing. should Charlotte have do, talked about this in the Charlotte 20 minutes we chatted right before. <laughs> Charlotte would do the right thing. Okay, sorry. Um, Yeah, so that's where let's leave it at that and let's get into the episode. Wait, I did want to say one more thing about succession. Of course. Okay, yeah, go for it. Now, I, you know, have had a lot of trouble with Tom over the years. Just because, you know, Matthew McFadden, my pride and prejudice, Mr. Darcy King, seeing mm-hmm. him... You know, as a more portly older gentleman. Oh. Is not how okay. I wanted to remember him. He's just so hot in the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. So hot. When they were under that like pavilion thing with the but statue, I was like, oh. I do have to say, in this last episode, when he talked about how big his cock is and how he fucks, I was like, okay, I'm in. Oh my God. When he said that, I, I was, was like, like, I was like, okay, I'm back. I, he's sexy and I'm yeah. in. <laughs> he's sexy. All right. Should we get into the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get. Speaking of big dicks, let's get into the episode. Oh, boy. 
All right, let's get into it with a little episode synopsis. Carrie attempts to move her things into Big's place. Charlotte is dating an evolved man. Miranda worries about her future. And Samantha recycles an ex. So before we get into it and start talking about the kind of theme of the episode and hear the monologue, what did you think of this episode overall? I loved this episode. Like, I get where there's... Okay, well, I get where there's, like, blind spots. Um, I get where there's problems. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of campy. I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was, like, quick and, like, bright and easy and breezy. I liked it. It kind of, like, touched on all the girls. I felt equally. I thought this episode was just all over the place. I loved it. I mean, obviously, it's dealing with... I couldn't really find a common thread. A connective thread? (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't (laughs) find one. But I don't care. I enjoyed it. I liked seeing all the girlies... Like, I felt like they all had good storylines, rather different than the last, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. And I, and I thought that there was a lot of moments that set us up for like future storylines. You know what I mean? Like when they were talking about their uteruses. I look forward to hearing about those. Okay. Yes. I look forward to hearing about those. And frankly, this has happened before where we started a conversation and I was like, I hated this episode. And then as we talk about it, I'm like, oh, wait, I like that. I like this. So maybe I'll turn around mid-conversation. But I watched it right before we started and I was like, wow, this is a strange episode. I'm not surprised I rarely revisit this one. Yeah, it's not one I definitely revisit. I kind of forget about it. But now that I watched it, I was like, ooh, this is good. But the overall episode, right, it focuses on whether the women are able to change and adjust their expectations of relationships. And that's kind of at the heart of the monologue. Couldn't stop thinking about it. This is a city where gay men are so out, they're in. Where women are so chronically single, ovaries may be the next vestigial organ. We can have anything delivered at any hour. We can have our dogs walked, our clothes cleaned, our food cooked. Who needs a husband when you have a doorman? Are New Yorkers evolving past relationships? Before we get into the girls, I did just want to mention one thing in this monologue, and certainly, like, write the show overall. This Mm -hmm. fascination with our New Yorkers evolving past relationships specificity is great but it isn't it is just funny to me that we all like allowed ourselves to watch this show that was so obsessed with one city that a majority of people watching it didn't live in yeah but i think that that was part of the like what the people appeal, liked about it right yeah. but now i'm kind of like well Ls, who wants to live in new york like i do think like a part of our kind of cultural notions of new york have changed a bit and also we've allowed stories to take place in different places Like, not every show takes place in New York City and L.A. anymore, which Mm -hmm. is a good thing, I think. Although, now that I'm going through it, it's like a lot of them do, including the one we just spent 20 minutes talking about. Uh, Yeah, and Insecure also takes place in L.A. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I guess I'm thinking of the Housewives. (laughs) I'm like, like, wow, we've gotten to Potomac. Salt Lake City. City. I'm like, guys, shows don't need to be in New York. Atlanta. Yeah, no, that's so funny because that's. That's so true. That's where my mind went to. And then all of a sudden I was like, ooh, actually. <laughs> and look, lest we forget, one of the, those shows started in New York, too. This is true. This is very true. All right, let's get into the girls. Let's start with Samantha. Okay. So the girls are all out and having a good time. And Samantha runs into her first and really only love, Dominic Delmonico. What do you think of Dominic? Gusting. I thought he was high. Stop it. You didn't. You know who he was giving me vibes of? Dominic. Who? Cooper? No, Dominic Cooper is the guy from Mamma Mia. Who is the guy from like The Wire? And he was also on 
Mona Lisa smile. He played Julia Roberts' love interest. He's going to be Prince Charles in the next season of The Crown. That guy? Domin- Isn't his name Dominic? That guy? And he was the love interest. He was um, the guy in Chicago also. I know exactly who you're talking about, and they're not alike. He was giving me big vibes. You're thinking Dominic West. Of Dominic West. Dominic West, who's so hot, who should not be playing Prince Charles. Well, I mean, I'd argue that we've sexualized Prince Charles at this point. I mean, you and I? No, I. The, the, I did the say to my friend over the weekend, if a man ever said that he wanted to be a tampon and live inside me, I would probably be down. Gross. Um, I know. You should Anyways. look into your standards. <laughs> um, but I thought Dominic Delmonico was quite attractive. I could see why Sam would be into him. But we need to talk about the music that played when they were introducing Dom. Did you hear it? Oh my God, it's Dominic. Dominic Delmonico. Oh, I heard it. It turned into it like was... some kind of samba. <laughs> samba, like a porn samba. I don't know what's going on with the music on this show. It's like wild, particularly uh, in this episode. It, the music definitely was playing loud and clear this episode. Like when they showed him and his sipping that blue martini glass, I was disgusted. By the way, no, Chris, look, this could have been... I am, 19- I'm deeply, deeply upset that you think that this man's this attractive. This could have been 1999, but there is no way I would want to... I would glamorize moving to a city where four elegant women supposedly are going to a bar and drinking out of those martini glasses. I, I was sick over they look it. Like, fuck, they look like home goods. They look like Fisher Price. <sighs> Better. I was like, what am I fucking looking at? For These your are baby's disgusting. alcoholism. For your- <laughs> exactly. Like when mommy has her wine, like that's what you drink out of. I also think the women, at, I know we talk about the fashion at the end of every episode. They all looked great in that I, scene. I loved their outfits in this scene. Like, Carrie looked incredible. Samantha, incredible. I was like, oh, these women are giving what they're giving. Miranda was wearing a really great floral print. Yes. Well, I don't know if it was floral, but it was like a print dress. It was like a it print, It was great. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I Obviously, Dominic Delmonico isn't like a nice man, but I thought he was, you know, he had an energy. He was a little too slimy. He was a little too slimy. And I know that there is supposed to be this like maybe tie in to Richard Wright later on. Right. But this idea of this guy. Well, like I was going to make the point later that, yeah, I think that this is the show's concept of what like a kind of New York man that Samantha would be interested yeah. in. Because there's a direct line between Dominic and Richard Wright. Which I was offended by that. I think Dominic is hotter than Richard. But it might also be, as a kid, I watched the Mortal Kombat movies and Richard is in them. And so I could never see him as anyone other than like a Mortal Kombat character. Oh my god. He was also the evil guy in Miracle on 34th Street. He was also Alex Krebs dad on Grey's Anatomy. You know, he's a great actor. He really, yeah, he's a great actor. He's really but I loved Rich. I didn't. I don't love Richard, but like I got his thing. Like I got his appeal. I got his whole thing. I thought him and Santa had really good chemistry. Dominic Del Delmonico. Del what a name! <laughs> what a name! They really were like, let's make this so dramatic. Dominic Delmonico. I mean, amazing. he sounds like a like soap opera villain. Yeah, and he is. So Samantha's whole thing is she wants to prove that she's evolved broadly, right? And her desire for tradition, but also specifically over him. And that she wants, she's gotten past her broken heart. Relationships have been on the decline since women came out of the cave, looked around and said, this isn't so hard. 
Okay, so you don't need a man, but do you still want one? Oh, honey, I want more than one. I can't decide whether you represent our future or our demise. I am the future. Seeing Dominic reminded me of how needy I was and how far I've come. We're going out Friday night. Oh, sweetie. It took you a year to get over him. He treated you like shit. Why would you want to go out with him again? Because he treated me like shit. Okay, I'm leaning toward demise. It's called revenge. I'm going to make him want me, and right before we do it, I'm going to drop him like you dropped me. As long as you got a plan. Not only a plan, I have a dress. But ultimately, Dominic goes back to his uh, girl. Anka, I think that was her name. That is so fucked up. Uh, yeah. She misses the window. I just felt so sad for her. Like, I, I feel like she part- tried to play it cool. It reminded me a little bit of what Carrie did in the very first season with the guy. The Big? Like, no. <laughs> no. It's like, I think it's the first episode, the premiere, where she Oh, where she wants to have sex like old- a man. Yes, it reminded me of that a little bit, like where Samantha wanted to be able to do that. And there's a moment, and you know how I really, really hated when Carrie said the reservoir tip? Remember that? Yeah. There's a moment in this episode where Samantha says, you beat me to the punch or something. I hate the delivery of that line. Well, there's also a moment where Dominic asks her a question and she just growls like a cat. Did you? She does that. She just purrs. She does that often. Yeah, she growls at people. (laughs) This was really weird. I feel like usually it has a line associated with it when she does it. She'll say something sexy and then like... This was like he said like a full sentence and she thought that was an appropriate way to reply. Yeah. I too would have been like, okay, I'm going back to Anka. Yeah, he's like, actually, we're going to work things out. (laughs) But I think, and that's an apt comparison, but I do think that when the women try to win at dating, that the show wants to... um, put them in their place and make sure, in fact, that they lose. I remember in maybe one of the DVD extras, Michael Patrick King talking about how important it was for the comedy of the show that whenever the women think they have something, that they get a pie in the face. And at the time, oh. I was like, oh, yeah, I get that. That's that's comedy, baby. But in retrospect, I'm like, can't these women just be get what they want? <laughs> no. I mean, it's we like, isn't that want. a good show to watch? I just want to watch a woman get what she wants. Not to bring it to Maybe the Mindy. Maybe that's what we'll get in the revival. Not to bring it to the Mindy project, but I think that's kind of the joy of that show so often is that more often than not, the Mindy Lahiri character is winning. Always. Mindy Kaling was just like, I'm going to have all of these really hot men fall in love with me. And that's just going to be my show. And I was like, good for you. I love that. But I don't know. I wasn't that into this Samantha storyline. I mean, other than Dominic, my king. My God. I know who you're picking at the end of this episode. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, this wasn't like a, this wasn't a knockout storyline for me in terms of Samantha. But should we get into Miranda? Yeah. Who we, oddly, we opened the episode with, which I was a little surprised by just to see her first. I was too. I know they do that a few times, but it just, I felt disoriented. I was like, where are we? And then we were in a gynecologist's office. So I figured that out yeah, I was quite like, quickly. Oh, I've been there before. I have yeah. not, but it always reminds me of... Did you ever see that movie Teeth? Teeth? Yeah, it was about a girl who had the teeth, you know, down there. It's a no. horror film. It sounds like it. I didn't think it was a romantic comedy. Uh, let's just say there's a gynecologist scene. Oh, I'm... Okay. Thank you. And so when I see them, I think of teeth. Oh, okay. Ew. But she's going off of her birth control after the Steve breakup, which I did just want to ask you. I'm so confused by this. Okay, so 
A, right, because time on this show is not ever explained, she and Steve were together for two episodes. We meet him. They're together for two episodes. Then they break up, I believe. I, I think it's a total of four. How much time elapsed in those four episodes, we don't really know. But is it normal to go off your birth control that quickly? Or to go on to birth control that quickly? What? Okay, I don't know. I, maybe, to stop maybe using con- I'm Obviously, wrong. it meant they wanted to stop using condoms. Right, which is, I get that. But, like, why would you go off of it? Because then, like... Right, because I always like, understood it to be that you it takes a while to get back on it. It's like a whole thing. And then, too, I'm thinking, like, well, doesn't she plan on having sex with other people? And if you're having sex with someone regularly, like, normally isn't that the time to go off of it? Because you're like, actually, like, we trust each other. If we had a kid, it, like, wouldn't be that weird. It seemed like a way to knock her, knock her down a peg. But it also just, I was like, we're... I'm surprised there were women in this writer's room. Why wouldn't they have said this doesn't make sense? I don't know. Maybe things were different in 1999. I, I'd like, imagine I don't birth know, control but I, was worse. I texted you and I was like, I have questions. Like, I I guess I just never understood this part. I'm like, maybe am I doing something wrong? If you had to go off your birth control after every breakup, well, first you'd have to get into a relationship. Right. <laughs> I would. Um, which... <laughs> As we know, hasn't happened. Same girl. I just don't have birth control. <laughs> just, just living lives. Just living life. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. But at the gynecologist, she discovers that she has a lazy ovary. She discovered a new geological layer of humiliation. Well, we got your tests back and everything looks fine. Great. Just one small thing. It appears you have a lazy ovary. A lazy ovary? Yes, your right ovary has stopped producing eggs. Is it possible it's just on strike? And I did think it was interesting that, right, two out of the four women, and the women who want kids and decide to have them, have reproductive issues. Again, right, we have to tell stories in interesting ways and create certain um, barriers while telling those stories. So reproductive issues help dramatize things and it certainly they it creates stakes but i just thought that's so sad but it's probably true to life yeah unfortunately but that was the first time that we heard of um charlotte having issues yeah charlotte's got a lot of issues down there i mean she heard vagina is going to be depressed yeah is this the issue that will ultimately isn't it something else though yeah i feel like it's something else later i don't think they call back i don't think it's I don't think so either, but I think this is, like, the first time it's ever put in, like, the forefront of our minds that that's even, like, an issue, like, with any of them. I do think it was interesting and good that we see she wants kids, right, Miranda? Like, that she's going, she instantly hears this and decides to freeze her eggs. And so it lays the track that this is someone who is thinking about what her future will look like. I am not sure I agree with this idea that in 1999, single parenthood was not a thing. No, I was going to say this was probably the first time on, like, mainstream, like, really popular television, women were openly talking about, like, freezing their eggs. And, like, this is something that was celebrated by them. But it's still related to marriage for Miranda, which I thought was interesting. She says, my, like, ovary got tired of waiting for me to get married. And so it's, like... She well, should be I think thinking that's about the ideal. Yes, yeah, certainly for some people it can certainly be an ideal, mm-hmm. but at a certain point it's also like 
it would be nice to have seen it not work out that way. And obviously it doesn't. She and Steve don't get married just because she gets pregnant. Right. But it's just, it would have been nice to hear her say something along the lines of, I just have to get a little bit further in my career and then I might consider, yeah. you know, going it alone. Not instantly no, like, I'll once I find a husband, then I'll be ready to have I'll have kids. Yeah, but she's also coming off this breakup with Steve, which I think is like really, really hard for her. And it it did she when she did mention him, it was like the table kind of got sad. Like, you know, it was like a sad little moment. Well then we go on a date with all her fellow attorney, Joseph. What'd you think of Joe? Joey. I don't know how these two even ended up on a date together. When the camera cut from hit to his like disgusting hair, his plugs. And I thought, I is sick. this actor bald and they put him in a bad wig? Or did he no, come was, in with that bad he, hair? I thought the exact same thing. I was like, is this real life or is this prosthetics? Like, what's going on? But what did you think of Joseph? Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I think the men in this episode were sick. Oh, my God. I'm, we're going to fight later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I'm not talking about. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about Sharshar's bow. I'm not talking about him. But, so she realizes that she's not ready quite to settle for this guy, and he's such an asshole. Well, I recently found out that I have a lazy ovary, which is no big deal. It just means that I only produce an egg every other month, and I'm not even sure that I want kids. But all of a sudden, it hit me that if the other ovary shuts down, I'm out of business. So... I've started taking hormones, and now I'm actually considering freezing my eggs. Freezing your eggs? Yeah, you know, like a fertility savings account. I think it would take the pressure off. It removes the whole biological clock issue. Yeah, but it raises a lot of other issues. Such as? Such as? uh, What is all this reproductive technology doing for us? I mean, do we want desperate women having babies at 50? Maybe some people aren't supposed to procreate. Maybe this is the world's way of weeding out the weak, you see. If you ask me, this is a ridiculous abuse of science. You have now designer sperm and these simulated wombs. Here's a good idea. Why don't we just eliminate men altogether? Hey, I don't need to be lectured about science by a man who's doing crop rotation on his forehead. Miranda went off the hormones, not because of what Joseph said, But because she was only 33, she still had her left ovary, and she wasn't ready to settle out of court. Such an asshole, and it's really one of my favorite clapbacks that Miranda ever gives, is when she says that he's doing crop rotation on his forehead. I just thought that that was so funny. I was like, how fucking rude to say that to someone. Yeah. (laughs) The audacity. The audacity of this man. Yeah. I do like that we've seen not only the growth in Miranda, though, here that she is interested in having children and we learn that about her, but also that she's already putting herself back out there dating. I liked that, too. You're right. I guess I didn't really think about it like that, but it, I I like this growth. Yeah, like she's not throwing herself into a cocoon of denial and work like or screaming at Carrie like she did at the beginning of the season. She's like, all right, let's get back out there and try to yeah. get something going. Inspirational. And um, I thought she was really, really good, Cynthia Nixon, in the scene with Joseph. The way she, you can tell there's a certain vulnerability when she starts to tell him about her freezing her eggs. And then you can see her feeling judged. And then she's like, you know, fuck this guy. 
Yeah, she was like, I don't even fucking like you. And so she went like, home and I had some vodka. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. And I'm I always like so happy when people keep their vodka in the freezer. Do people not? You know, you see it out and I'm like, let's keep it cold. Well, no one likes warm vodka. And well, I think like, you know, when you see it at a bar on like when people have like a bar cart. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, right. let's okay. make sure our vodka is also we've got a bottle in there. It's cold. Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Should we get into Sharshar? Let's let's do it. So we meet Sharshar this episode. She's out on the street with Stefan, and she's in her glasses. She looks so cute. What'd you think of Stefan, the pastry chef? Adorable. Love. Love. He so sweet, so kind, so cute. So cute. The actor is Dan Futterman. Okay. And he starred in one of my favorite Will and Grace storylines. He is in that series, a closeted gay man who they help come out of the closet and get like gay him up. It's called quite inappropriately Fag Million instead of Peg Million. So it's a My Fair Lady esque story. So shout out to those episodes. Go watch them. Okay. But he's the best. But he ultimately, okay. right, instantly you think he's gay. It's. Oh, there's no and, point. Like, the uh, the the writing, the way the actor is performing it, in no way mm-hmm. does it ever feel like there's some doubt in your mind. Right, and then like when he just kisses her and pushes her in the car, it was shocking. It. She was like, she like put her glasses down, I think, and she was like, "What just happened?" But Charlotte shares this with the girls, and they have an incredibly reductive take on sexuality, talking about gay straight men or straight gay. It's like. Come on. Yeah. I could could barely listen to this scene. It was so... The only thing I'll say, I was happy we did not hear the word metrosexual. I am so confused. Is he gay or is he straight? Well, it's not that simple anymore. The real question is, is he a straight gay man or is he a gay straight man? The gay straight man was a new strain of heterosexual male spawned in Manhattan as the result of overexposure to fashion, exotic cuisine, musical theater, and antique furniture. Well, hopefully he's a gay straight man, which means he's straight with a lot of great gay qualities. Whereas a straight gay guy is just a gay guy who plays sports and won't fuck you. He must be a gay straight man because he has Charlotte out for a second date. Unless he's a straight gay man in denial. But our thing Saturday night wasn't even a date. I didn't wash my hair and I wore my glasses. That is that was the one thing that stopped me from like jumping out of the window is yeah. Carrie, again, who's supposed to be this intelligent, smart, cosmopolitan sex writer, and no one can fathom he's just a straight man who enjoys like who lives on a who spectrum. Who likes and he's a pastry chef. Yeah, it's like LOLs, like, no one in the group could figure this out. I dated a guy who, like, loved Ariana Grande. He loved to bake. And he and we would have, like, the best sex ever. And I was, like, totally in love with him. I will say, you know, I spent most of my college experience hanging out with, like, 
fratty guys and like frisbee bro bros. Frisbee bros? As gay as they come while being straight. Frisbee. Frisbee bros, bros and frat bros. And I'll tell you, Day they love Gaga. Love. If Ariana Grande had been around when I was in college, they would have loved her too. The amount of, the, I've never heard bad romance more than at a frat party with a bunch of boys doing keg stands. So let's just get out of this whole regressive take on things. It made me sick. <laughs> it made me sick. Especially because I just think he deserves better. And then they go to his pastry shop to like interrogate him and figure out. Well, they brought Stanford. They brought, they, so they've roped in get, another gay, they've roped in a gay mm-hmm. man to like bother him. Yeah, to be like, check him out. Like, see if he's gay. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, that's so fucking lame. And I do have to say about that scene, and, you know, of course, we love our King Willie Garson, R.I.P. I was so disappointed in the writing of when he's talking about, like, how he knew when he was gay. And they build up to him, like, having a punchline. And it's just, no. It's like, <laughs> that's what you wrote? That That's it. Come on, that's guys. That's all they gave Willie. I did appreciate that right before they have sex, she finally just asks him, have you ever been with a man? Are you gay? Which, by the way, you could have done on the street right before you got in that cab. Maybe, like, she felt uncomfortable. I think if there is one part of this episode that's actually really well written, or not this episode, but the storyline, is when he says, I'm a pastry chef who lives in Chelsea. If I wanted to be gay, I'd be gay. Right. Which is the classically, I think, what Oprah said to... Barbara Walters, when she asked her about her and Gail, and she said, if I was gay, I would just be gay. There's no, like... Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, Charlotte was like, okay, like, I can... Like, she liked that answer, too. And she was like, okay, like, duh. It made her realize, like, how stupid And the sex is really good and sexy. I was thinking while watching it, like, we haven't seen any sex in a while. And then this happened, and I was like, okay, good. Especially with Charlotte. Yeah. I feel like. But then... He's making her breakfast in his perfect kitchen, and they see a mouse in a trap, which is, like, jarring. I don't like it Disgusting. I was like, PETA? When they showed the the mouse, like, stuck in this trap, it wasn't a real mouse, I'm sure. Actually, it was 1999. It was probably a real mouse. A thousand percent was a real mouse. They probably used multiples. But it reveals Charlotte's desire for traditional gender roles because she simply cannot deal with, like, a man who doesn't want to, like, kill mice. What? Mouse. Are you sure? Yeah, it's in that glue trap. Where? Uh, there. Oh, ew, ew. Oh, oh my god! Your ah! legs are stuck. Ew, ew. Stuck. ew. Do get something. It, well, ew. Oh, don't kick it to me. At that moment. Charlotte realized her masculine side wasn't evolved enough for a man whose feminine side was as highly evolved as Stefan's. I don't know if it's that far. I just don't think she wanted to be with someone who, like, freaks out and jumps up on a chair and is, like, leaving her holding the hand roller or the, what's that, the dough roller thing. Yes, but is that, like, why not? People, I would. People don't want to deal with. Maybe mice. she's just not attracted to that. Yes, but that is like that is a regressive way to think of like his sexuality and. I don't. Do you think it had anything to do with his sexuality in that moment, or do you think it just had something to do with like she just didn't like him? I think that you can't remove the fact that the whole episode has been about the fact as well, okay. about whether or not he's straight or gay. No, you're right. And then because he 
begins acting very fey. Yeah. We just can't divorce that. Like, they're meant to be related to one another. And she talks about how his feminine, he's too in touch with his feminine side. That's a good thing. Great. He's not toxic masculinity. That's wonderful. He's a, uh, what is our King Kevin? Yeah. So now she's lost two men who are better than her eventual husbands, in my opinion. Even better than Harry? Uh, you know, I, it's been so long since I've seen Harry episodes because of this goddamn podcast. I yeah. can't even remember what he's up to. Ugh, I know he gets his back waxed at one point. Yeah, you teabags or couches. Yeah, so I'm not remembering the best of my man. I know they get the shits together after eating some ice cream. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This was just not a great Charlotte storyline. It made me it was not. really dislike her. It made you dislike her? I, it did. It made me sad Aww. that we would behave this way because, you know, I am a Charlotte. I was like, Charlotte, come on. He's a king. <laughs> it made me sad we would behave this way. Should we get into Carrie? Yes. Well, we've got another sitcom plot. First, she was really, like, trying to make sure he didn't look at other women. And now she's trying to sneak stuff into his apartment. Oh, my God. What is going on? When she on? not so subtly threw her panties on the table, I was like, but you want them to ask you about it. Okay, that was nuts because underwear? she also said, I'll pay for this. And there's not a word in a world in which Carrie Bradshaw's paying for anything. No. That I'm was like, too much on? of the writers wanting to get her panties out on the table. Yes. But there had to be a better way because it just took me out of the moment. I was like, Carrie has no money. And then she's fully, then she's <laughs> fumbling with no cash. Money. I was like, why she got so much cash? Yeah. And, you know, I loved her hair here. Oh, well, she's working the straight hair. She's working the long straight hair. I love it so much. I think she looks amazing. Well, let's chat about that for one second because yeah. we talked about her straight hair previously in season one in the episode um, about when she goes and meets with Big's ex-wife, Barbara. And how she straightened, oh. that's the first time we see her with straight hair. Yes. Because she's trying to acquiesce to his world and be a bit more like Not be a Katie. And that's coming at the end of this season. Are we happy that she straightened her hair? Like, it reminds me almost like her losing the Carrie necklace in season six. That oh. That's supposed to represent her losing herself. Yeah. Has she lost herself? Like, is the straight hair meant to represent at this point? That she's losing herself in this relationship and almost yeah. a harbinger already hair, of something happening because we know what's coming next episode. Her hair is like a mood ring. And what would you say is the best mood? Curly? Curly. Curly and un- unruly. I like when she's curly. Yeah, I like Carrie when she has curly hair. I like when she has the straight bob in season five, like the shorter hair. Oh, when she's pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I totally get what you're saying about the hair. I do agree that it's supposed to symbolize like her losing herself. But it's just interesting, right? Because she's so also happy in this episode for the most. Very. So she's straightening her hair to fit in with Big, but she's also happy, but not throughout most of the storyline. Um, so she's leaving stuff at his place, which is like. Why was she blow drying her hair on the floor? I could see you doing that. Excuse me? In your old apartment that probably had one plug right next to the door. and st- <laughs> Right next to the bathtub. <laughs> Just like, oh, this is it. Just everything, everything not up to code. Didn't have a fire alarm. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. But so she's spending the evening there. She's trying to leave stuff. But then I, I thought two weird things when he returns the stuff to her. Why did they feel the need to shoot Big through the peephole? It was a strange directorial choice. Like, we could have just <laughs> seen her open the door, and he could have been there. Yeah, we definitely could have. 
Um, but I liked that he came to her apartment. I thought that was a very subtle way of showing growth in their relationship. The idea that they've had two separate days and are coming together at her place. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, because I was kind of like, wait, aren't they going somewhere? But then he just gets into bed. I was like, oh, wow, this is great. They're staying there. Yeah. No, I remember being in a weird relationship, not relationship. And I did that. I left something there to see if he would give it back to me. And he gave it back to me. Well, Big also then explains his kind of idea about what an ideal relationship looks like. And in an incredibly problematic take, it is Woody Allen and, and Mia Farrow. Very problematic. I meant to leave that stuff at your apartment. Why? Well, for one thing, I don't wake up looking like this. I actually need stuff to look like this, and it would be nice not to have to carry it around all day with me like a nomad. It's just a few things, and you can leave stuff here. I don't want to leave stuff here. Well, not a lot of stuff, just like... You know, if you want to shave in the morning. I shave at the gym. Okay, then, I don't know. Socks. You want me to leave socks here? Well, never mind what I want. What do you want? I don't know. Let's save an hour. Why don't you just tell me what I want? No, really. In your mind, what is the ideal living situation for two people in a relationship? Exactly what we have. And what is that? I have my place. You have yours. We're together when we want to be, and we're apart when we want to be. Like Woody and Mia. Before Sun Yi. However, I will say that not Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, but this line of dialogue in their conversation has affected me, I think imprinted upon me. And it is honestly That's my, your dream. It is my ideal way of... And I don't see anything wrong with it. You have your space. I have mine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you are communicating that with other people and they are okay with it. Don't you think he did a good job of communicating that when asked? I know, but he knows that that's not what she wants. She's moving her fucking shit into your apartment. Big as Whoopi Goldberg. He doesn't want nobody in his house. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I just... Oh, God. He's just something. He was looking good, my, my man. <laughs> But this is such a slight storyline because it's, they only really have three scenes together. Yeah. It's more about just like her through his medicine cabinet. (laughs) And the way that she stares at his cabinet. The way that she stares at his cabinet, like the way that she looks at Big's life, like she's always looking at it like such an observer. Like she's not really in it. And I should should also say Big's apartment it's nice and certainly nicer than her apartment, but it's not the adult apartment that we will eventually see them live in in like the first and second movies. No, this is a bachelor. Pad. It's like an imp- he doesn't seem to have a ton of furniture. He's got a couch, a shitty TV, a TV in the like a TV in the kitchen, yeah. and a big bed. He doesn't even have his classic red wall yet that he'll have later. Classic. I mean, Hideous he taught me wall. about accent walls. What a king. In the end, she starts to feel more secure, not because he okays letting her keep things there, but because she finds a picture of them in his drawer. Hey, bring that gorgeous ass back into bed. I just have to make sure I didn't leave anything else.
then suddenly I realized I didn't have to worry about leaving something behind because I was there. Okay. I'll stay a little longer. But I'm leaving this underwear here. Is it clean? Okay, it was a small step for mankind, but it was a really big step for Big. I have two things to say about this. Oh, go for it, please. One, it is not getting what you asked for. None at all. Two, who the fuck took that picture? Who took that picture? When was that picture taken? It, I want to know. In the, it's when they're at that um, Italian restaurant where he gets up and sings that song. Oh, did that man take that photo? Who the fuck took that picture? Did Big then? Also, who printed it? Mean more it? Who to kept me it? If... It was in black and white. I was like, what the fuck is happening? It would mean more to me if he had it like framed, maybe put out. <laughs> That's true. I don't know that I would be drawer. so thrilled that he's like got it in his underwear drawer. Offerings, I'd be concerned. I'd be like, why do you have a picture of us in your fucking underwear drawer? Well, we know Big is kind of kinky, right? Because later he likes phone sex, so maybe he's doing something with it. He loves phone sex. <laughs> which is loves. like a strange, which is like a shock. But maybe You think? Just... No, look, I was not of sexual age when like phone sex was like necessary. Uh-huh. But like, were Are you a having... sexter? Were people having a ton of like phone sex? Yeah. <laughs> were you <laughs> no i wasn't but like there was like phone sex hotlines and stuff wasn't there yeah, back no then? i mean between two people right like oh we have i'm the, definitely sure they were we have the miranda storyline people were sexting via letters no no like, one people was were definitely writing, on the no phone. one was writing sexy letters yes they were are you serious Th- there's so many sexy letters enough. have you ever yes what letters are you talking about there are letters you from mean, like, like the founding fathers, like writing, like writing letter, like men or in war, being like, "I miss your supple bosom." Like it was, it's a thing. Who are you? Like what people you? have been sexting. These are fictional letters. People have been sexting since the beginning These of time. Are fictional? No, letters. they're not. They're not. They're real. Are you a sexter? Um, I mean, I'll send a sext, sure. Like a flirty little. Um. Yeah, like I'm not. Or is gonna, it like graphic? I, I guess I would never sex someone who I could not then just go to have sex with. Like it doesn't oh, make any sense like, to me. You're not like, like online I, flirting. No. You're like, listen, buddy, this is going to be the real deal in about two hours. Yeah, let's go have drinks and then we'll get going. But like, we don't need to. <laughs> what do I need to type any of that out to you? Wow. Wow. I mean, I can do it a little if it's important for someone, but at a certain point. Why would we keep doing this? Because we live in the same city. Right. Is it, wouldn't it just be easier if we got together? No, maybe in a time of COVID, <laughs> it was great, but I wasn't really dating over COVID. Right. Yeah. So maybe I would have experienced... I just think it's a... I guess maybe people were people were fucking over the phone. And they God were, bless. definitely. Yeah, they definitely were. But we know Big is kinky, so maybe he enjoys the photo for other reasons. I don't know what he's doing. It is weird know. that it's not framed... I thought instantly. It's not even like out. It's like hidden. <laughs> but it's right. So we are to presume they went to that restaurant. Someone took this picture of them. Carrie was not aware that the picture got was taken. Got it developed. He got it. De- well, his assistant got it developed. Yeah. And then he keeps it in his drawer. Wild stuff. It's too many leaps Wild. of like thoughts. 
And I thought ultimately this is a story again of their bad communication. Like she should come out and say, hey, I still need this from you. Instead, she just yes. says, I'm keeping this one pair of underwear and then flicks it on his head. I did think they were very cute in bed, how he they wants her to stay. They were very cute. In, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were really cute I'm like, in the morning. this couple's a disaster. They were very sexy. They were very sexy. When he was like, I think your hair looks really good right now. And then she like flung the underwear at him. I was like, oh, I love them. I would be disgusted if someone flung their underwear in my face, though. Well, men are also disgusted. Well, that's true. We, I did just allude to the fact that he's like jerking off to this photo of them. <laughs> so I'm disgusting and this big. <laughs> yeah. Every, every man is so gross. So that's the episode. What'd you think of the fashion? I, like I said, I love the fashion when they were out and Carrie was in that like halter crop top with like her abs. Oh my God. Her body is just like sick. It's, it's so crazy. crazy to me. I like her arms. I'm just like, how do you, how does one have arms like that? Um, and then she was in this like maxi skirt, which I'm not usually like into a maxi skirt, but I thought it was really pretty. And then there was the Samantha I loved her shopping outfit when she says she was going shopping and she's wearing mesh and then a bra. Okay. And I thought that's quite a shock to just go shopping. (laughs) But I thought she looked great. I thought Charlotte looked so cute in her first date look with Stefan and her glasses and her long jacket. And a dr- yeah. and she's in slacks. She just looked adorable. Yeah, you love Charlotte in glasses. And I really love Miranda's print dress at drinks. I'd like to see her in more prints. In terms of the men, we had Big, Stanford, Dominic, Stefan, and Joseph. I mean, for me, this is a clear winner of Stefan. He's a king. Oh, I loved okay. him. I think Dan Futterman also did such a great job in terms of just his acting. I think he's sexy enough when it needs to be sexy. And then confidently gay enough when he needs to be when they are trying to make that point and then he's really even though i have a big problem with how the storyline resolves itself with the mouse he's really funny as he is freaking out yeah i have to agree with you he is the clear winner of this episode for me definitely not dominic del monaco (sighs) do you have any hot (laughs) takes about this one i think i've given my hot take which is that i don't like this episode and I did not convince myself I did while we were talking. I don't actually have any hot takes other than the fact that like Carrie shouldn't take these little breadcrumbs from Big. And they're not even no. intentional breadcrumbs. They're like, I don't know, like the fact that he has a photo of her in a drawer tucked away is not the same. As- well, do you think they're breadcrumbs? I'm not sure that they're breadcrumbs. They're like these like I little- think that think that she is overanalyzing and over assuming about that's, okay, what yeah, he's I saying. guess that that's what I meant. Like, yeah. they're unintentional breadcrumbs. That's what I meant. Like, they're it's like these little things that she's just like really reading into. That like, I bet Big was just like, I don't want this on my nightstand, and just put it in his drawer. Like, I don't think he thought about it for one second. That's true. His assistant probably mailed it to him, and he was like, I don't want this shit. Yeah, he was like, all right, I guess I'll just throw this in here. And I don't think he's sleeping with other people. I don't think that that's the issue at all. I just think like he's like what we have is really good. I don't. Yeah. But that's not Um, what she wants. You know, he's a king. He's looking great. I'm not looking forward to, you know, what's coming up in season two. We've got a heartbreaking episode coming up that really jettisons us off into the second half of season two. But we're taking a break now. We're actually taking a break, guys. And all you're getting is in Just Like That episodes for the next several weeks. Yeah, I'm excited. It's hard, you guys, like, be patient with us. We are literally recording in the past, but also in the future, we're in the present. It's like, we're, we're doing like it all. We're time traveling. We're trying to remember when this podcast really even trying, comes out. 
Yeah, like at the scheduling, we're working on it. We're working um, on it. But I should also say that I think this is actually a really great place for us to stop because I think yeah. the next episode, La Dolores Squeeze, which is my favorite episode of the whole run, really sets us up on the second half of this season. So this is a great stopping point for us to take a break and really focus on and just like that. I can't wait to hear your takes on your favorite episode. Uh, what would you give this out of 10? Um, A four. Wow. <laughs> Said the woman who liked it, <laughs> maybe, I was going to give it a four. Maybe a five and a half. I'll give it a five and a half. Like I said, I liked it. But the more we talked about it, I was like, I don't love it. You're so tough on this show. Me? Yes. You give it ones occasionally. <laughs> yeah, but you'll be like, I loved this episode. I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> and you've done that in the past. I know. I think you're just still myself. Once we get to season three, guys, though, it's just going to be annoying because it's going to be 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Really? From then on? Like, I. Uh, yeah, seasons three and four. Oh, season five's really good. Season six, I have some episodes where I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's a little campy, but it's okay. Uh, but we can't wait to get there. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I am at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Yours Aloft on Twitter. I might start tweeting again, so you can follow me at clewis1219 on Twitter. But don't be mad if I don't tweet. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.